Hi, folks. Steve Urban here. Today's episode of the Rutterflex podcast is sponsored by Marketing 360. My good friend J.B. Kellogg and his team do such a fantastic job for us and so many other companies. Marketing 360 is the number one platform for small business, and it's everything you need to grow your business. If you need marketing support, I really encourage you to contact them at marketing360.com slash writerflex, and we'll add that link to the description of this episode for easy reference. On today's episode of the Riderflex podcast, we have guest Pat Snyder. He's the Senior Vice President and Head of Human Resources, People, and Culture at RLH Corporation. Great conversation with Pat about job interviews, job candidates in general, company culture, career advice, resume advice. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Pat Snyder on the Riderflex podcast. How you doing, Pat? I'm doing great. I appreciate being here. Thanks for the opportunity, Steve. You bet. Now you're in Denver, aren't you? Yeah, my wife and I live on the uh, the south side of Denver in, in a little town outside of Denver. And we moved here um, quite a while ago, back in 99, to uh, enjoy the, the, the fresh air and the mountains. And, and we take every opportunity we can to, to get up there and uh, hike and ski and bike and, and take full advantage of it. So it's a beautiful state to live in, isn't it? It absolutely is, 100%. Now, are you from uh, Wisconsin originally? I am from Wisconsin originally. I, yeah, I, just have, so. I just happened to see that jersey in the background, that Brett Favre jersey for those people yeah, listening big, to this big, show. Big off. fan of the, uh, the Packers <laughs> and all things cheese, so yes. Did you uh, see Favre play at the stadium? I, I have, and y- you know, I've, I've never been to a – a Packer game where they have won. So I have seen him play a few times. Oh, uh, it's, it's always magical. Uh, my wife is from Chicago. So we, uh, we, we got to see Chicago versus Green Bay a few times. And cool. uh, I, I must have been the jinx. So Does she grow up a Bears fan? She does. She did. Yeah. Oof. So it's, every Oof. Christmas is always a great time with her and her family. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. see the Favre jersey in the background. Oh, that's cool. My uh, youngest son was a huge Favre fan too. So uh, I can, I can uh, relate. Uh, he Great. was, he was, he was magical. He was magical. He was, yep. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, so tell us a little bit more about you personally before we get into the professional stuff, you know, other than the fact that you're from Wisconsin. So yeah, tell, you know, a little bit about yep. your childhood or your parents, your siblings, whatever you want to share. Yeah, so I grew up in, in a small town in, in Wisconsin, as, as most towns in Wisconsin are. Uh, my mom was a general manager at a, um, at a Ramada Inn, and so it, I, I grew up working in the hospitality industry from, from a very young age. Um, the day after I graduated from college, um, I packed up my little car, threw everything I had, which wasn't much, moved to Colorado on my own. Uh, so that I could ski as much as possible and at the same time uh, find, find a real job, air quotes, real job, right? So um, that, you know, fairly humble beginnings, but a very uh, strong family unit. Uh, much of my family is in North Dakota, Minnesota, um, working the farms and, and the small communities there. So um, I like to think that that's carried over into my work culture. 
I have three daughters in high school. So um, wow. outside of right now, this house is normally uh, jamming, especially on the weekends. So they, <laughs> they keep us so busy. We have um, two swimmers and a, and a cheerleader. So there's always something going on around here, which is, uh, which is fun. It's a great I, place. I bet you said teenagers. What are the ages? What, what's the range on that? Uh, uh, 15, uh, 14 to 17. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's busy at your house. And of course, now yeah. we're recording this episode on April 29th, 2020. Coronavirus situation still, you know, pretty much in effect. So your, your daughters have been home now for, let's see. Seven what, weeks. What, what, seven, <laughs> seven weeks, yeah. Yeah, you, you didn't even have to think about it. You're like, no, I know exactly how many weeks. Yeah, seven we, weeks. <laughs> we just celebrated and, and apologized for the dog barking no, in the back. No worries. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, we, uh, we, we, hi we, we loaded up our vehicle to head to the mountains to do some skiing. And uh, as soon as we unpacked the vehicle, they closed down the mountains. Oh. We have been in quarantine. Well, not quarantine, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, we've been at home ever since. So it's been seven weeks. They're, they're uh, working hard. They get up every morning and do the, they do their schoolwork. Um, you know, they, they, they try to spend time on the phone or FaceTime with their friends. Um, but these are uh, these are interesting days, and I'm sure we could do a whole another podcast <laughs> we on that. Right? Yeah, we so. we we sure could. I'm surprised that your your internet is even working right now with all the, <laughs> the, the downloading and streaming they're doing on the in the house, right? Yeah, it, uh, it does that get strained from time to time. So many people that I've interviewed and talked to over the last few weeks, they're telling me how they're having to manage the bandwidth at home, and a certain kid has to be on hotspot, and a certain kid has to mm -hmm. do this, and. It, <laughs> It happens. It happens. And the, yeah. the husband and wife both trying to work from home. Um, okay, so yeah. you you drove out to Colorado with your stuff in a car back when it was back back before the what would we have the 2016 2017 boom or whenever that was uh, the last yeah, few years. So you 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 did did that a long time ago. Okay, you yeah. got out here. You got out here and then what talk talk to us about that early career walk us through your career a little bit yeah so i um you know growing up in the hospitality industry you know that's how i worked my way through high school and college so i immediately joined up with a um a hotel in colorado springs um started waiting tables there um um being a bartender and and, and quickly worked my way into supervisory roles and and that was my door into uh human resources Mm. Uh, once I started in human resources as an HR coordinator, it went fast from there. So, um, you know, heavy payroll, heavy uh, recruitment, heavy employee relations. I was transferred from Colorado Springs to downtown Philadelphia. Uh, glorious, what? beautiful hotel. The, the Bellevue Stratford Hotel is, is a wonderful place. But uh, yeah, coming from Wisconsin to Colorado Springs, which is still a very small town, to downtown Philadelphia was a... Um, it wow. was a big culture change for me. So, mm -hmm. big yep. time. Okay. <laughs> yep. Was there about a year, and then uh, I was transferred to Seattle. Which uh, it's hard to believe that Seattle and Philadelphia are part of the same country. Uh, it really is. They're both <laughs> both beautiful and and special in their uh, own way. But at the uh, same time, they could not be more different. Right. Um, spent uh, three and a half years in 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 Seattle, and then um, which is a great place. So much fun there then was transferred back to Denver um, uh, to, to, to lead the HR function at a hotel in the, in the Denver Tech Center. 
okay. um, through a series of acquisitions and mergers, decided to leave the industry and join ADT Security Services in Aurora, Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, they are 24 by seven operation. They are the largest uh, service mm -hmm. provider of, of security services in, in the world. Um, and that, uh, I learned a great deal there. Um, that was heavy, again, heavy recruitment, heavy employee relations, a thousand people. Um, it was, it was a, a truly um, turning point for me where I realized that I really needed to continue to up my game in order to stay competitive in, in, the, in the HR field. And this, this will come up a little bit later, mm -hmm. right, in the conversation. Um, so I, I, I jumped into a master's program with, with Colorado State University. It was life changing. I, I learned so much. I met so many great people that I'm still dear friends with today. Mm. Um, through that, um, met the recruiter at Oppenheimer Funds. They, they, they lured me away to, to join them um, and spent 13 glorious years with, with Oppenheimer Funds. Um, very nice. Working, working my way up the corporate ladder and along the way, um, receiving uh, accolades from, from various different industries and best places to work uh, um, for, for the way we, we worked with and treated and benefited our people. So, uh, you know, for example, the, the, the Denver Post awarded us top places to work in Denver for seven consecutive years. And yeah. that's it's not all that common. So but yeah, um, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Congratulations. If fortune recognized that fortune magazine recognized this as a great place to work. Uh, 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 fathers, um, uh, recognize this as a good place to work. Working mothers recognize this as a good place to work. So the variety and the diversity, um, of the type of people that we touched and the organizations that recognized this was, was just heart, heart touching. Right. So, Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, we were, uh, we had a great team, still have a, a lot of friends uh, from there. Uh, we were acquired in 2018 and um, um, much of the, um, the operation was, was closed down as a part of that, uh, that acquisition. So um, at that point, I had a number of job opportunities um, uh, for similar roles, similar jobs. Um, I chose one uh, with RLH. Um, it's a, it, was a, it is a head of HR job. And I chose it because it seemed harder. It seemed more difficult. It seemed to be more of a stretch. And, and another thing that we'll talk about a little bit uh, later is, is the need to constantly evolve uh, much like when, when I took, jumped into the master's program, I saw this as yet another opportunity to continue to progress and evolve and avoid complacency in my career. So um, mm. I, I took the job just about one year ago now. And, um, and, and wow, um, not only have I learned a great deal in that amount of time, but every day now is a learning opportunity to be a HR leader in the middle of a pandemic and economic right. collapse is <laughs> there's no training manual for this, right? There's, there's no that's one right. that's been through it before. Um, right. It's a community effort, not just a company effort. So I'm, I'm working with uh, some great leaders a, a across the city of Denver and the state of Colorado to ensure that our people have a voice within the state 
conversations, right? So that our governor hears our people, our mayor hears our people. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, and it's really a, a mind blowing experience. And, 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 and I hope God gives me the wisdom to make the right choices. You know, you brought up something that I haven't mentioned on the last few recordings. And that is this experience, you know, going through this, this coronavirus and this economic, you know, meltdown that we're in, as a as an executive, whether it's an HR executive or a CEO or whatever, the experience and that that's going to give people is going to I mean, it's it's a once in a lifetime deal. I mean, they're going to you're going to talk about this 10 years from now and say, hey, oh. you're going to say, hey, hey, spring of 2020. Listen, I've been I've been through that. So whatever else we're faced with, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think my CEO, um, John Russell, put it into perspective for me. Uh, he's, he's, he's an older gentleman, and he says, I've been through Vietnam. I've been through 9-11. I've been through the Great Recession. And I've never been through anything like this. Wow, yeah. I mean, it is a once-in-a-lifetime deal. It's going to be, even though it's, it's very hard and difficult and scary, it, it, there's a silver lining there, and that's all the experience it's going to give all the executives like yourself. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and an opportunity to do a lot of great things in the middle of bad news. Um, you know, and, and frankly, that's one of my lessons um, that that I really have for not only your listeners but 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 of my staff. In that, you know, when you go into any given year or any given job and you have a plan, right? Twenty twenty is going to look like this. I guarantee you that the end of that year will never look the same as the beginning of it. Something will disrupt you. There will be Absolutely. turbulence in your way. And, and if you time it right, and if you read the, the cards right, and if you're prepared and you're agile, you could take advantage of that. Now, I would never want to say that in yeah. this situation, I'm taking advantage of it. But yeah. the reality is you have to. Yep. You have to do something to react to it. And if you can turn it into something positive for your company, for yourself, yes. for your people, then do it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine uh, what you've been through. Because how many employees, RLH, how many employees total? Yeah, it's it, it fluctuates wildly, but it's a 500-person company um, that has, is down to just about 200 right now because of the situation. Yeah, you know. You know, layoffs, layoffs and furloughs, you've obviously had to do a bunch of those in your career, even before mm -hmm. this, right? Just, just very, at various yeah. times, right? Absolutely. I mean, yep. somebody, somebody with your track record has had to live it and you, you're in HR, so it's part of your life. It's, I've always found it fascinating. It never gets easy, right? It just never gets easy. I, as many layoffs, as many terminations as I've done, I was a former CEO and COO and, and uh, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> just there's no other way around it i you know it, it, it absolutely does it absolutely does it's yeah, terrible it, it, it's it's a terrible thing to have to do um and i i uh respect the fact that you've uh, had to go through a bunch of stuff lately uh i know it's been painful but how about this then that's a good segue um mm -hmm. so so for today's for today's job seeker you know <laughs> uh april 29th 2020 um, you're trying to look for a job, uh, in, in this market. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, first of all, it's, it's tough to look for a job if you're unemployed anyway. It's always, it's always kind of a scary deal, but in, what if you're unemployed in today's world, any advice or any words of wisdom you want to share with those listeners? Yeah. I, I, 
there's a couple things. And, and, and first of all, if, if you're looking for a job today in, in this market, um, and if there's anything that I um, or my network or my company can do for you, we absolutely welcome that opportunity, whether it's resume cool. review or, or putting you in touch with someone that we may know. Um, let me, let me lead with that. We, we're all in this together and, and, and my people are committed to you. Um, there are a lot of, so I think the word of advice would be leave yourself open to new opportunities. That's, that's um, good. And, and if, if you, if you see the world as you've always seen it, it could be very gloomy and, and doomy at times. Uh, but <clears throat> You know, and I can say this from a non-emotional perspective. I know it's not so easy being in the thick of things, right? Um, there are a lot of companies out there hiring right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of industries that have slowed and maybe pumped their brakes, but they have not stopped. And they are continuing to progress, and they will progress even faster on the other side of this thing. So, number one, don't lose hope, but don't look to replace exactly what you had with 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 this new role leave Great yourself advice. open to some possibilities and 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 look to your left and look to your right mm. um that's good stuff yep yeah Total. I, yeah ahead. picking up you know picking up on a, on a job search at this point is, is is difficult and it's very emotional but um you know after you go through that kind of um change curve um, that, that would be my advice. Uh, seek those people that you have worked with and pull up your network and, and get to work on your network. Right. So. It, it's so important, by the way, you know, let's, that's a great segue into my next question, which is what are some common mistakes you see, uh, people make, um, when they're in the middle of their search or in the middle of an interview, maybe that's a two part question, common, common mistakes you see. And the reason I'm asking that is because I think a lack of networking is a common mistake. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And um, if we could uh, separate ourselves just a little bit from our current situation, which is it has impact a lot of people for no fault of their own. Right. More generally, right, uh, yep. there's, 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 there's two things that I would advise everyone to do. Uh, and, and we spoke briefly about them in, as we recapped my, my work history. Number one is always evolve and enhance your skills. Mm. Every year you should have some sort of developmental opportunity right. on your resume. It could be small, it could be personal, it could be professional, doesn't matter, but continue to learn. Learning doesn't stop at college, mm. okay? Good stuff. It, it, it continues. Uh, number two is all about the networking. 80% of the time, you find jobs and jobs are filled because of a networking situation. So um, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a term ABC, right? It's always be connecting. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and I would say you should, you should network like you're looking for a job because um, if you have to start networking and building your skills at the point that you don't have a job, mm -hmm. you are months behind the, you know, the eight ball um, constantly reach out constantly put new people into your LinkedIn network, constantly work those connections, stay in touch with them and generally care about others and, 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 and lead with that empathy and, and lead with the desire to help and stay in touch with people so that when you need it and you come a knocking, 
they're going to be ready and open you with open arms. Um, waiting until you're unemployed, it's it's a tough uphill battle at that point. So, Pat, you, you're man, you you uh, that was awesome. <laughs> I love that speech right there. <laughs> I've done I've done so many podcast episodes on those topics. I love it when guests come on the show and just reiterate, you know, some of the things we've been saying. I, I where I find it most common is. Uh, with people that have that, that think they're in a secure job because they've been there ten plus years, I, they work for a, they work for a big company, and so they're like, ah, you know, I'm I'm safe over here. I don't need to network, and I don't need to build relationships, and I don't have time for all that. Those are the people that that, that get themselves in trouble. <laughs> they become complacent, and and uh, I I I can see it happening. I I I was that person at one time too. Um, it just happened to a, a, a person that I know uh, last week, someone who is a real up and coming uh, female in the HR world, um, very dynamic, uh, very well networked, and she didn't see it coming. And, um, and, and, but, but the difference is that she's ready. She's, she's networked, she's connected, she has a, a persona about her. Um, so she's going through some disappointing times. And, and I know she's going to land on her feet. Uh, I mean, I would love to hire her and I know a lot of other people would too. So the difference is, is are you able to bounce back? It's, it's, it's like, I don't know who said it, but it's not how hard you get hit. It's about how fast you get back up. So that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I can, I can uh, share a story that's similar, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, I had a, a guy, a service provider that uh, comes by the house. I won't name the service so that listeners can't try to figure out who it is, but service provider, he's in his fifties, probably early fifties. Um, so I had a relationship with him, you know, when we have a problem at the house for something that this guy would come over and take care of it. Uh, and, uh, I'll call him Johnny. His real name's not Johnny. And, uh, you know, he, he, he got laid off and he calls me and he says, Hey, uh, he goes, I know you, you own that Rider Flex, that recruiting firm, right? He's like, can, can, can you help me? And I said, well, yeah. I said, yeah, I'll help you as much as I can, you know, tell me what's, he goes, well, I, and I don't really have a resume. I haven't had a resume, never really had one. And there's something about a LinkedIn profile. I don't, I don't have one of those either. And I don't really know. And, and I just, you know, I thought to myself, this is what happens. This is what happens. Huh. People, people get comfortable. They don't, they don't work on building up their resume. They don't treat, keep track of their accomplishments. Yeah. They, don't build the, yeah. they don't build network on, they don't build a network on LinkedIn. And then they're 53 years old and scared you know, scared <laughs> and way behind yeah. the eight ball. And so I just want to encourage the listeners, not only, not only do the networking um, like you're supposed to, but keep your information up to date, keep track of right. all, all yeah. those awesome things you're accomplishing because it's really celebrate. easy. Yeah. Celebrate it. it. And it's hard. It's really difficult to sit down at the age of 50 and go, okay, let me think of all the things that I kicked ass on the last 25 years. Like you just, you're going to, yeah. you're going to forget something. If, if I could divulge a little bit more. Uh, so at Oppenheimer Funds, uh, we had started, again, a great team. Um, uh, folks like uh, Nate Thompson, if you ever get the opportunity to spend some time with him, he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant person. Christine cool. Menard. Um, several years ago, we recognized that uh, the future of work will not be the same as, as the current state of work. Mm -hmm. So we, in strong partnership with our business folks, began preparing ourselves 
uh, now Andy Doyle, another one brilliant, uh, began preparing our people for the future of work, right? We had envisioned disruptions in technology and globalization and, and all the standard things, right? Um, and we, we had developed a, an on-site career um, um, hub where people could go and understand what direction is the company going? How do I align with that? Where are my nice. deltas? Do nice. I even want to do this? If I don't want to do this, that's another conversation and we support you in that. But we started developing these people and they started getting excited about it. And then we were acquired and then we were being <laughs> shut down. And you know what happened? You helped people. They were ready. <laughs> they it was were ready. Beautiful. I, were I ready. came to tears. These people were ready. They embraced the change. They, they showed up with resumes and they That's showed great. up with elevator pitches and we had the largest job fair in, in, in Denver history. That's a bit beautiful. of an exaggeration. I, you know, I get it, but uh, <laughs> the recruiters were just in awe of the, of the caliber of our people and not, and not only the caliber, but the spirit of these people mm. and people rose to the occasion. And it was, it was probably the pinnacle of the success in my, in my career was seeing these people march towards their new future, not afraid, but ready. I love that. You know, and for the listeners too, I don't think Pat's saying, and I'm not saying either that you, you should constantly be looking for another job. I don't, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying, <laughs> what we're saying is, it's, it's almost, I, I relate it to car insurance. It's a little bit like car insurance, like having, having your network up to speed, your LinkedIn updated, your resume updated, good relationships and being present in the marketplace. It's just like, it's like having that little insurance card in your glove box. You, you might need it someday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The center for creative leadership would, would tell you, you know, you got to keep your personal health house in order, your physical health, your spiritual health. Mm -hmm. I would introduce you got to keep your, your, whatever you want to call it, business health in, in mm -hmm. order. And, and every now and then just pay a little attention to it. Keep yep. it progressing just like you would going out for a walk every day or, or, yes. or going out for a run every couple of days or, or going to, you know, uh, whatever religious uh, institution you choose to, um, you got to constantly reinvest in your professional career. By the way, one of the best ways to do that for you folks listening to this episode that aren't the most organized people um, is put it on your calendar. Just, just make a little note on your calendar, whether it's once a month, once a quarter, just a little reminder that pops up and says update LinkedIn profile or whatever. I mean, it's just, you, you yep. almost have, you almost have to set aside time to do it and plan for it or you just won't. Um, totally agree. How, how about this? You've interviewed just a few people in your career. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about job interviewing for a minute. Um, how about this? How about uh, common common missteps you see made, and then some and then some general ad positive advice behind that? Yeah. Uh, a common mistake <laughs> is is and it happens all of the time, right? <laughs> Uh, people not being prepared that didn't do their research, right? Starting with the job description itself. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so there, there, there's two or three things, right? Number one, read the job description and then translate what um, the job or the company is asking for into what you've done. You got to make that match. And I could talk about that in just one second. Number two, you've got to do some research on the company because one of the questions you're going to get is why do you want to work here? 
right? Exactly. I'm apparently preaching to the choir here, right? Uh, then, sorry, then, I, 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 I'm just, yeah. <laughs> and then if you want to get some extra credit points, do some research on the person that you're talking to. Oh, I right? see you're, you're a Green Bay Packer fan. Hey, how about that, Brett Favre, right? I mean, uh, it doesn't hurt. It only helps because uh, we're looking for some sort of connection. As a human being, we want to connect with you. We really, really, really do. And, 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 and those three things demonstrate that you, you have the uh, capacity and the fortitude to think through a situation and act on your feet, right? Um, the advice would be, in addition to doing those research on those three things, is use behavioral, recognize the necessity to be able to answer behavioral-based interview questions. So, mm. um, Give us some examples. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, so, so let's say that um, in the job description, it, it says something about overcoming obstacles. Right, you have to figure out how to overcome obstacles to meet the meet the customer's demands. You should be ready for a question that says, "Give me an example of a time that you overcame an obstacle." What was, and then it's SBI situation, behavior, and impact. What was the situation? What was the behavior that you demonstrate, and what was the impact of that behavior? Ooh, that's good there stuff. Was a, right, good there stuff. was this time, stuff. and you got to be specific. If you talk philosophical, like, "Well, this is what I would do." game over. I don't want to hear what you would do. Uh, I want to hear what you did do because the likelihood that you do this, something similar, um, it increases. And, and even if you did it wrong or made a mistake, that's beautiful because that means you learn from it and you recognize it and you're stronger because of that mistake. So doing it wrong the first time is perfectly acceptable. Don't make stuff up. Don't, don't beat around the bush and don't over talk your interviewer. Right. Uh, that's really good advice, Pat. Really good. You know, those three things you mentioned up front, studying the job description, studying the company and studying the person you're going to be interviewing for. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know how many guests have been on the Rudder Flex show and we've covered this topic and how many daily tips I give. And every single day we interview candidates and they just don't do it. I, I, <laughs> I'm just blown away by it. I, I just, sometimes I hang up the phone, I'll go in the living room at the end of the day and my wife's like, what's wrong with you? And I'll just shake my head and go, I just, just I, don't just, get it. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't, you know, and so, by the way, sometimes these are seasoned professionals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not I, I, I just out of a school college kid and a seasoned professional. They interview the same way. Like they do. Hey, right? I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Love <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're so right. Um, how about this? Can I ask a couple of questions on selection um, of candidates real quick? Curious to get your thoughts here. If you are, if you got two candidates in front of you and one of them is a perfect match on paper, checks all the boxes on paper, whatever, you know, 10 years of experience, sold, sold coffee tables. They wanted somebody that sold coffee tables, uh, you know, wholesale, you know, so, so let's just, you know, check all the boxes from an experience requirement perspective. Um, the other one was, was a great salesperson, but had only sold, uh, you know, I don't know, lampshades uh, and hadn't sold coffee tables, but they're, culture matched or their, their personality matched the company culture better. Who, who do you, who do you, who do you go with generally? 
Yeah, yeah. Easy answer. It's it's not about the perfect match. It's about the culture and the ability to learn and the ability to flex, right? So it, I, when I talked earlier about the, you know, when you plan a year, the year is never going to go as it as it as it is supposed to. That's the same thing for the perfect match, right? So if you find a per person that's perfectly matched and anything changes, right? Ooh, the ooh, the customer, ooh. the the great, the great. Anything changes. The boss, they're no longer going to be a perfect match. So you want somebody who is agile and has demonstrated the ability to flex in their career. So um, I'm a culture guy, right? I, I, I geek out on culture. And um, that's, that's really where my priority is. And um, I spend a lot of time digging into core competencies as opposed to hard skills. That is, that's a, such a great point about the fact that things are going to change anyway. So it doesn't matter if they're a perfect match on paper. Ooh, that's a, that's a podcast episode. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to do, a, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a daily tip on that one. That's, that's a good one. How about, how about these folks that, um, you know, so RiderFlex we're all about, like our whole, like if you, if you look up RiderFlex, you're going to see, you know, we, we try to match personality to culture. Like that's our kind of our big focus, right? Our big value prop. And we're not the only ones that do that, but that's, you know, we preach that a lot. And uh, now, now there are some people that would say, oh, this is the problem with companies. They're always trying to, you know, hire for culture. And that's not fair because they're trying to make, they're trying to hire five Johnnies instead of being diversified in their approach and blah, 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 you know, and, and hire different, you know, different types of personalities and styles. And that's better for the company. What are your thoughts on, on people to say that? Because I've had a few of those folks on the show too. Yeah, well, I think they're not, they're not necessarily the same, right? So I, I, I believe very firmly in diversity and inclusion and, and, and not only from a, from, a, yeah. from a gender or social economic or, 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 or whatever case. Or from a um, style. Or from a style. But yeah, from a thinking perspective, right? I want right. people that, that gotcha. think and act differently than, than I do. But that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that, the core comp that our values are any different, uh -huh. that our core competencies are any different how we are wired and how we express ourselves and things that we're interested in are, are very, very different. So they're not a, a exclusive or inclusive of one another. Uh -huh. um, I, 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 if, if you're surrounded by people um, that are like you and, and, and think the same way, then you're, you're the, you increase the likelihood that you're going to fail. So I, I would say that that person who's articulating that is only seeing a small piece of the, of the picture. How about this? Can we go just a little bit deeper on that? Because I, I, here's a challenge question for you. So let's say RiderFlex has a client that we're trying to fill a position for. And I know that the environment is, uh, the office environment, uh, is what I would describe as uh, intense, you know, loud voices, lots of curse words, fast talking, super aggressive in your face, um, kind of style, right? It's just the okay. way the, the way the owner and the CEO and the, the VPs is just how they, op this is how they act. Um, I would be cautious, I think, about putting a very introverted, quiet librarian type personality in there. <laughs> yeah, you got to drill into yeah, you got to yeah. drill into again their their core competencies. Does this person demonstrate high resilience? Mm. Right? Um, are they assertive? Maybe even aggressive? Right? Um, the other thing I'm thinking about. So, is this company? What are they looking for? Are they trying to change their culture? 
Are That's they another happy good point. With the, are they happy with, do they recognize that this is a challenge and they want to do something about it? Or they're like, no, 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 this is the way we are. Ooh, We're going to stay that. that way. Right. Mm, mm. Um, so that if, if, if they're, if they're good being, a, you know, in your face and yelling, then, then you want somebody that can uh, go home at night and not being bothered by that confrontational situation. And that, and there are plenty of people that are like that. That's, it doesn't make that culture any better or worse. That, that is that culture and that is what works for them. So we want to have a cultural match to that. Mm. And that's, and that's um, deeply different for every one of us. Man, that's a great answer. Man, you've, you've, you've talked about these topics just a few times. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I've been lucky to, to, to work with some, some brilliant people. Um, Trudy McKenna, who works at Google right now, just brilliant and helps me see things differently. Um, and I've had people challenge me on my assumptions too. So um, it's, 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 it's been a journey. Really good stuff, Pat. I really appreciate you sharing that. So, Great career. Wrapping up here, let me ask you a couple of uh, wrap-up questions. Okay. I mean, even if you stopped right now, you've had a pretty damn good career. I mean, congrats on everything you've done already. Thank you. I appreciate that. But My daughters have, but, won't let me, though, so. But I, I, was just about to say, <laughs> I was just about to say, you still have three daughters at home, so you can't retire yet. Uh, yeah. um, if you could call that young man uh, coming out of school in Wisconsin and tell him anything today if you could have a conversation with him mm -hmm. what, would, what would you tell him well i i would have to assume that that young man coming out of wisconsin would want to listen to me um <laughs> and uh that was that was part of the problem right that it, it's not a millennial thing it's not a gen y thing it's 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 the the desire to listen and and, and take advice so that would be the, the first thing is um be a little bit humble and at least listen and consider the possibilities uh, that are coming from this person and, and talking to you. Um, but there's, there's a couple things that I, that I would share with that individual. Um, take advantage of, 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 of risky situations and, and bad times. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Forge strong relationships. Treat everybody good and they will reciprocate. But those relationships that you build now will we'll come back to you. But case in point, the, the, the person that hired me for my first job out of college, remember that, that um, um, hotel I worked for in Colorado Springs? Yeah. yeah. That, person was the, uh, that person was the CEO of RLH and hired me, what, 25, 35 years later. Wow. Oh, yeah, there, there's, wild, a right? there, there's, there's a testimony. That's how important relationships are right there. It totally is, right? But Woo. the most important thing is, is this. Um, in addition to everything that else that I said at the top of that, that, that advice column is young Pat, there's two types of people in this world. Tech number one, um, and, and many of our fathers are like this, mothers and fathers, they work very, very hard. They show up every day and give them everything. They're, they're good, loyal employees, and they expect that the company will take care of them. The second type of person shows up every day works just as hard, uh, you know, takes care of the company, expects the company to take care of them, but they exploit the cracks in the sidewalk. Mm. They look for opportunities. They're not afraid of sticking their neck out and, and, and getting um, 
uh, a little bit out over their skis. They mm -hmm. see things that could be not the way they are, and they exploit them. Those that exploit the cracks in the sidewalk, both personally and professionally, tend to progress faster in organizations than, than the steady, steady eddies, right? There's nothing wrong with them. They do, a, they do great work, but the progression is faster for those that take chances and exploit the cracks. Really good. Great stuff, Pat. Last question. Last question. Yes, sir. Um, if you had to put your core purpose in life into a sentence, but I challenged you to push that beyond your wife and three daughters, because I'm assuming, let's just assume that's the automatic core purpose is taking care of them for a minute. Let's kind mm -hmm. of set that over here. If you pushed it beyond your immediate family and you had to define your core purpose in life, what would that sentence sound like? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe that people have an intrinsic motivation to do their best. And my role is to create an environment where that intrinsic motivation is allowed to run rampant. Mm. That means that the elimination of policies that get in the way of their people, the reduction of corporate structures that force people into a box, right? I believe my core purpose is to allow people to thrive at whatever, however they see uh, th that they are driven to. It's in every one of us. We, the Rider Flex podcast like features morning, entrepreneurs, morning, business executives, and work, the stories and behind like, how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes wow, that's good, and that learn might be more the about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. I've heard in a while. Contact us good. at the email address <laughs> like info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.